Hello, and welcome to Bit Parade, the podcast where we play hits and flops from video game history and transform them into song. My name is Mike Petrie, and with me, as always, is my friend and collaborator, the Mario and your stereo, Eli Bolin. <laughs> oh, man, this is exciting. It's the first one. It's the first one, the, the inaugural. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's the biggest inauguration of uh, 2021 so def- far. Definitely. <laughs> How's your week been so far? Uh, it's been, it's been pretty good. You know, it's, um, just had some more snow today for anyone in the Northeast as, 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 as are you also in the Northeast. So you also had some snow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, heavier than I expected. I thought, you know, it, cause it snowed last week. I was like, oh, it can't snow anymore. Not mm-hmm. within, you know, another one or two weeks. Right. But- and we're due for some more too, which is very exciting. Like five more days of snow over wow. the next, it's, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> Groundhog did not lie. Yeah, I know. I, I really don't like that groundhog. <laughs> oh, he escaped Bill de Blasio's uh, murderous hands this year. Yes, and Bill Murray's murderous hands. <laughs> um, I guess maybe we should start by talking about our uh, what this podcast is or what we think it will be and uh, I guess how we know each other and our working relationship, our relationship to video games and all that good stuff. Yeah, so, uh, yes, I'm Mike Petrie. <laughs> this is odd. This is a great start. We should yeah. uh, uh, not edit any of this out, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is all going this is, in. This are is part guys, of my charm. Are you guys enjoying this? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you and I have known each other for, what, over 10 years at this point? Like, I think so, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, my friend Andy was good friends with your wife, uh, Allison, in college. And so I, I knew her before I knew you. And then you guys started dating, and I was like, that's a good couple. And then you and I worked together at a Little Maestro's. Oh and my, I was yeah, that's always right. uh, just enamored with your, your, uh, your mastery of, of singing songs at Babies. I do have a, a certain rapport. I've always had a certain rapport with uh, infants and toddlers. It's sort <laughs> right. of my core. It remains my core audience to this day. <laughs> Amazing. And if I was a, if I was able to write, uh, if, if babies and toddlers were able to purchase their own tickets to <laughs> Broadway level shows, you'd be a I rich think, man. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we, uh, you and I have written many songs together. We've written some musicals together, uh, shorter and full length. And uh, most recently we've uh, worked together as I've orchestrated and arranged uh, songs of yours for, uh, I guess, notably Co-op uh, on Documentary Now and John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, uh, which were both thrilling. Um, but uh, yeah, but I know that we also both like old video games. We love we love old video games. We're we're pretty close in age, and so we yeah. grew up playing similar systems. Yeah. So when I I was born with an Atari in the house, and we soon moved to an NES. What about you? I was I'm a few years older than you, and my dad was always an early adopter of stuff. So I oh, had cool. first thing I had in my house actually was an Odyssey two. Nice. Uh, and my dad also had, I don't, I don't even know if you know, tell me if you know these things. So we had an Odyssey 2, and then we had something mm-hmm. called a TI-99-4A. Um, oh, I don't know that one. So that's, you know, it's Texas, uh, Texas Instruments. Yeah. And, you know, they're, which are 
I guess most famous for calculators. The graphing calculator, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like those were like required to have those in high school. Everyone had a TI calculator yeah. in my high school. And um but it was like a like an early computer uh mm-hmm. that also had cartridges. You either had a cartridge uh which had you know we had those games and then also you could plug in a cassette player uh to load programs or save like programs in basic that you would write oh cool uh my dad had a subscription to this magazine i forget what it was called i think it might have been called like games magazine or something and in the back they always had like the basic program of the week oh i've heard of that yeah and so you would uh i would uh type that program in and then i would save it on a cassette and then when you load the program off a cassette you literally like hear this like horrible static noise as you play as you play the program back and it's just like (laughs) um that's wild and yeah it's wild and you have to listen to the whole thing (laughs) And, and then it's like the most like nothing program yeah as you like play back like five minutes of static um but i was always like very proud uh, right, right that i was able to to do that and then so we had that <laughs> and then we had an atari we had a 2600 i think and then we had mm-hmm. a 7800 nice and the cadillac we, of ataris this is the cadillac because it was backwards compatible to the 2600 oh cool and then then we had an nes um mm. and then i think you and i probably were in sync after that yeah, probably. Although I uh I never had an N64, not until like a couple years later. Like I got like a used one in college. Uh I think I drifted towards like the PlayStation side like mm-hmm. in high school. Like I had a PS1, I got a PS2 in college. Um but I never had a GameCube. So I kind of you know, I kind of dipped out of Nintendo for a while and mm-hmm. then came back like around the the Wii time. I uh yeah, I never. So I had a Super Nintendo. I got a Super mm-hmm. Nintendo for my bar mitzvah. Nice. And uh, then I, in college, uh, the N sixty four was a new system, and mm-hmm. I I didn't have one, but uh, some really good friends of mine had one, and so I'd always go over to their place to play it. And basically, the only games that we ever played were Goldeneye and Mario Kart. Oh, of course. And yeah. you know which turns you know in in retrospect are like two of the biggest like iconic games of that system and but after that i I didn't own a system for the longest time and then Mm -hmm. uh after allison and i moved in together i think i went on ebay this is like you know like over 10 years ago yeah and actually purchased uh one of those like one of the green n64s and oh sure sure it's like a sort of like opaque green and bought a bunch of games and then i needed money and then like a couple of years after that i, I sold it yeah. which i i regret but i didn't know that i would end up having like a child that was really into <laughs> retro right. gaming and then now like to buy at the time it was like 50 dollars, and yeah. then now to get one of those uh green ones it's like 200 dollars or something oh because like the green ones are super rare i bet yeah they are wow so you know live and learn live but and now learn. <laughs> but now I've got I've been like because I have a a, a son uh, named Walter who is really into retro games. I've been slowly mm-hmm. accumulating all the old systems that I used to have and, and other ones that I don't. That's um, cool. So now this is every dad's these... dream, I bet. <laughs> yeah, sort yeah. of. <laughs> if you're into, but I've only ever owned Nintendo systems. Yeah. So you 
you can bring uh i can bring that true gamer energy to the podcast yeah <laughs> that monster energy i remember when i was a kid i was like really fascinated by like the turbo graphic 16 oh sure yeah and it was like because they were super expensive were they, they were like 600 dollars or something right oh or am God, i thinking no, of the neo geo you're thinking of neo geo yeah those were both far off systems uh to me when i was a kid yeah because i think i think they were like some high bit level or something that yeah the, uh, Nintendo hadn't achieved yet, or no other no other company had achieved yet. Right. Yeah. Because I guess that was pre pre uh, Super Nintendo, so they they looked pretty pretty hip when I saw the pictures in Game Pro magazine. Because I remember there were like Neo Geo units in the arcade. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, yeah. They looked like could, arcade games. That was kind of the big the yeah hook exactly. For them. I remember you. If you went to the arcade, they had like there's like four games or something in the, mm. um, what what God, what are those things called? The the cabinet. There were like yeah, four yeah. games in the cabinet. You could like toggle through them. I was like, oh, wow. that's cool. And then when you could buy like the home version of the Neo Geo, it was like a big it was supposed to be a big deal. Yeah. And where did the game? Maybe I'm thinking of the games themselves, or maybe this is still the Neo Geo. I just remember like the the cartridges were like two hundred dollars each or something. Were they really? Yeah, I I couldn't tell you what any of the the Neo Geo games yeah. were though. <laughs> yeah, they've not uh, like, I don't, made a huge impression. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what any of them were, but yeah, um, yeah. So then that's not, I guess not a huge impression that they made. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, have you ever been interested in like video game music and writing music for video games? Um, I've never. I don't know that I've ever been interested in, in writing music for video games. Um, and I know, I mean, you do write music for video games, so yeah. I would love to hear you to speak on that. But I've definitely loved, I've always enjoyed music for video games. Mm-hmm. And I always, um, and I'm specifically a fan of like, I mean, I know who like Koji Kondo is. Sure. And I like most of my like absolute favorite classic themes, you know, turns out, you know they're written by that guy, yeah. Because he wrote all the you know the classic Mario themes and mm-hmm. Zelda, Zelda themes, yeah. and you know in the early days of Nintendo, he was basically he wrote like everything, right? Um, and even today, I mean, he he's basically he's like supervises everything still. Yeah, I don't know how much original stuff he's writing still, but I think he does like have a at least a hand in in all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, although like some of that that mario music is like so iconic and some of it is so so beautiful uh and Mm -hmm. and like happy and and catchy it's just like so memorable and it's Um, so like expertly arranged too because he only had like three mono channels to work with really and like a like a noise like a drum thing but it's it's almost like baroque in composition how it's like very very just tightly organized with just three voices having to kind of play these beefy chords because like i know it starts out with like a like a like a dominant nine chord the but up up but up up so it's it's just beefy and i remember it yeah it's amazing and i think and there's that that podcast that you turned me on to i think was it's like super marcado brothers or something oh yeah yeah and how they have talked about and i might have heard this elsewhere too how he was able to sort of trick you in a way to like thinking that there was more going on than there actually is by like alternating. Is it like, he's like alternating really quickly between different things so that 
He's mm. like arpeggiating in a way. Oh yeah, that he's sure. able to. Uh, he's able to like get to. What what is it that I'm trying to say? He's like it's like to, like the bass voice, like the triangle wave will sort of like play the bass notes, but then it will kind of jump up to join the other two voices. Yeah, yeah. So he's able to like really like thicken the sound and make make it sound just to max out what the the capability of the the audio unit is able to do. Yeah, very cool. Well, speaking of Mario. <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about a game that uh, Koji Kondo did not uh, write the score to, although his work is uh, used within it. Uh, this is a game called Mario is Missing, which you and I played. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I I played maybe about I committed to about an hour of the game, but I realized in about fifteen minutes I had kind of played all that the game had to offer. <laughs> Um, I don't know yeah. if you had a similar experience, but uh, it's very yeah, repetitive. I may, I, I probably played for about 40 or 45 minutes or so, but yeah. I, I'd say a, a good chunk of the the beginning of that, at least yeah. 15 minutes or so, was I, I, I went into it deciding I wouldn't look at any instructions yeah, to, to see how intuitive the game was in terms of figuring out how to play it. Yeah. And that was, that was a, a total train wreck. Yeah, same here. Um, oh, yeah, just to give a little history of this game. Um yeah, this is a this game came out for Nintendo and Super Nintendo in 1993. Uh I think it also came out for DOS and then Macintosh the following year. But other games from that year include Secret of Mana, uh, Mega Man X, Doom, Mist, Star Fox, and Day of the Tentacle. Which is all to say that uh this game kind of comes really late in the Nintendo's life cycle. I mean, I imagine that they probably put most of the resources into the Super Nintendo version, and this is sort of... It feels like a weird kind of adaptation of that in a way. I mean, the Super Nintendo had already been out for a couple of years, I think. Yeah, about... Yeah, at least a year and a half and longer in Japan. Um, But... uh, yeah, it, I guess it's notable because this is the first game that features Luigi as the main character. Although I kept forgetting that just because, I mean, essentially like the main uh, sprites are, are just grabbed from uh, from Super Mario World. Even mm-hmm. this NES version. It looks exactly, yeah. Yeah, they pulled like the same sprites. Uh, Nintendo did not uh, develop this game. They basically licensed this to a company called radical entertainment, or they partnered with radical entertainment to, uh, to create this game. Um, and it's software tool works, I think. Yeah. Which is, I really love their logo, which is the, like a, like a horse and carriage full of video games. Yeah. They're, they're most famous for the, the two games are theirs that I, and I played both these games in like mm-hmm. junior high school are chess master 2000. Oh, right. which teaches you how to play chess, and Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Oh, so man. those are those are like their two, their two big games. And because when like that logo first came up at the beginning of the game, it says Software Toolworks, and it's got yeah. that like Oregon Trail type of type of thing going on. It's like yeah. why do why do I know this? Yeah, I had that feeling too. And because this is a- allegedly supposed to be an educational game, um, <laughs> on some level, because yeah. I mean, as as we go into into talking about it, the idea is is that Mario's missing, like what, like somewhere in the world, and you have to go find him. 
Yeah. So you like accumulate facts about different cities all over the world. Right. And then you like go to all those cities. But the only way to like complete a level is to like accumulate a certain number of, of facts and you have to like find different artifacts. You're right. Because uh, the Koopas have, well, first of all, they've stolen Mario. Mm-hmm. And I guess separately, uh, they've also stolen three major artifacts in major cities in the United States or not in the world. Uh, so I think like, for example, uh, in, I, I don't know if the cities always happen the same, same order, but I think I ended up in New York city first. So like the King Kong had been stolen from the empire state building. Yeah. Um, that's where I ended up there first too. Yeah. And lady Liberty's torch, that kind of stuff, just kind of very basic things. Um, and I also liked how all of the characters, you just, to figure out where you are, you have to talk to people and they just give you very roundabout answers. Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out a way, or I couldn't figure out the reason why the the good citizens of New York City, when you ask them where you are, they won't just say, hey, bud, you're in New York. They're like, you're in a place where apple pie is, is our favorite dessert and baseball is our national sport. Yeah, because a lot of the clues are just about like the country. And then right. s- sometimes they're specific to the city, but yeah, what that which segues perfectly into my I think this is my favorite line of dialogue from any video game. Uh, when when I got to Rome, I believe I mm-hmm. talked to someone who said, and I quote, "I like pasta all the time." Ciao, baby. I'll be fine. <laughs> um, which brought me such joy. I know you you texted me a screenshot <laughs> text- of that, and I also tweeted it immediately. Um, <laughs> it's just just very very basic facts about each of yeah. these countries but uh yeah so you return um these artifacts you have to they make you answer like a basic trivia question about mm-hmm. the uh, location uh what's funny about the nes game is that there are no real clues about the answers to these in the game you don't like i feel like all the the solutions to the puzzles like exist outside of the game you know what i mean like you would have to look them up in an encyclopedia or an almanac to like actually learn about the uh the artifacts and the locations yeah i think well i think don't you get you get clues from talking to the people and then oh, you about the, the artifacts yeah and then you get the um there's like these information booths right and then you have to have the right artifact for the right information booth and then and then they'll ask you a question right to make sure that that you like have that that you're like the right person that like right. that they're not buying cuz you have to like sell the artifact to the person at an information booth right there's three artifacts per level yeah and there's three information booths but you have to have the right artifact for the right information booth and then they mm-hmm. ask you a, like a trivia question Right. And I think the answer to the trivia question is like something that one of the citizens told you. Oh, okay. I guess I missed that. Well, sometimes it was funny because like sometimes the answer would just be like like part of the name of the the thing. Like Lady, mm-hmm. Lady Liberally is famous for her blank, and the answer is torch, and the item that you're breaking is the torch. Yeah, I mean, I know sometimes though I I didn't have the information and I just guessed and I was. Yeah. I was usually right because the answers seem kind of like obvious. It's like, right. how many people can like fit in this room? Is it 600 or is it 
20,000. And I'd be like, is right. it 600? And be like, yeah, you got it. I'm going to buy this thing from you for like $1,603. And I'm like, right. okay, it's a very specific number, but. And it's also tax free. They always tell you that it's tax free. Yes. I mean, none, and none of this makes any sense at all. Yeah. And I also dipped into the Super Nintendo version of this and. Yeah, which I did not. Can you can you speak to the differences? Yeah, what was really interesting, I didn't play very much, but uh, it's a little more frustrating all around, which is surprising. I that thought is, that, that is surprising to hear. I was not expecting you to say that. Yeah, like because if you answer the question wrong, uh, they will lock you out. I guess until you deliver another one, or maybe it's time to lock. But uh, I answered something wrong, and I tried to tried it again, and they wouldn't let me. Oh no! Yeah. And there are also, um, well, I guess we should explain that to get the artifacts back, there are three Koopas roaming around, roaming around each level, and mm-hmm. you just jump on them. They can't kill you. It's very easy. It's, there's no challenge to it. You just jump um, on them. You just jump on them. There are, multi, there are more Koopas in the Super Nintendo version. And, okay. you know, it's just kind of, maybe it's randomized which one will give you the artifact. Um, I will say, like, the graphics on the NES version are maybe a little better than I expected or, or just some of them are. Cause like the, uh, the things that are lifted from super Mario world actually look pretty decent and the animation's pretty good. I will say that all the NPCs look terrible. Yeah. And I think, is it, am I right in that no matter what country you're in, the NPCs all look pretty much the same. I think so. Yeah. They all look like a, a human suit full of baked beans. <laughs> yeah basically they look a little better in the super nintendo version and they clearly just kind of like the the nes version is just a down sampled version of that yeah i mean basically like every every place you go to there's like there's sort of like what there's like an average citizen there's like there's like a businesswoman there's a guy in a lab coat <laughs> there's like a police officer i think all right um and they all like provide information in different ways yeah um sometimes they rhyme sometimes they rhyme yeah but, about a third of the time they rhyme but the city it's like you're walking around like a city landscape which is just kind of like a grid and and almost every screen looks exactly the same right uh of just like nondescript buildings yeah and you can either just go like side to side or up and down as you're mm-hmm. um it actually in a way it actually kind of reminded me of like that atari 2600 et game where it's just like (laughs) that like or like if you're like playing like pitfall it's just like you're it's just like a map where you just like you can go up down left or right and no matter where you go you move to the next screen and it basically looks kind of the same yeah until you like hit a wall and you can just like either go up or down and then like to the side in one direction uh and then you can can keep consulting like a map to show you like where you are it's like a you are here sort of map yeah i found this like the ui of this really confusing because i think you had to press select to kind of change your option to look at the map or talk to a person or uh visit yoshi on the globe which is a whole other thing oh yeah you you press start to activate it and i just kept forgetting like oh yeah the um because of like the limited number of buttons on the nes controller Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like you, you like hit select to like toggle through the, your options, and then to yeah. like talk to someone, you had to hit start instead of like A or B, and it was yeah. it was so confusing. Yeah, and 
it took me a while to figure out like what the different icons meant at the top because there's like a, yeah. a box with icons at the top and there's like so there's like question mark yeah and a picture of yoshi and like a tiny picture of luigi and right. i was like what are what is all this yeah um and then i guess the goal is is that first you have to figure out where you are and then you use mm-hmm. the world map to bring yoshi right. to where you are and, and it took me faster. forever to figure out that's that's what that is. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't finish the level until Yoshi is with you. Yeah, although he he just disappears when you get to the next level. And you have to do it all over again. Yeah. But I, that's I like was trying you, to figure out narratively like where he's going. <laughs> right. I think that's just how you prove that you figured out where you are. Yeah. Because that's like the educational component. Is you right. like use the clues to figure out where you are but i mean and I, I apparently there are there are bosses somewhere but i never reached oh. a boss oh i didn't know that yeah i think i got through four four levels and i didn't uh, encounter any bosses i mean i think you i think you have to like clear so when you enter the game all of a you just sort of like dumped into a corridor with a bunch of what looked like dungeon dungeon doors with locks on them yeah um and I think maybe if you clear an entire row of those, you can reach a boss. I'm not. I'm not totally sure. Interesting. You know, we we didn't we didn't watch any like YouTube gameplay videos, of which yeah. there there are many many. Right. Uh, I did watch the ending of the game. Oh, what what is it? Uh, Do you find I guess Mario? it was a there was a <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. I hope you find Mario. Uh, oh yeah, I thought you said, "Do you fight Wario?" <laughs> oh, that's even better. <laughs> that would that'd be great. That'd if be great Wario twist. was Wario was at the end of this game. Wario is not missing. <laughs> Wario is not messing around. You fight Bowser, and then he like he he like there's like a zipper comes down, and Wario's inside. <laughs> it's it's a me assholes. <laughs> it's a me. <laughs> no, I think it was just like it looked like you just kind of jump on a turtle five or six times. It didn't even look like Bowser. Maybe it's supposed to be Bowser, but it just kind of was a small, kind of like a uh, little more than a Koopa Troopa, but a little less than a Bowser. And then uh, after you get that, Mario's in a cage and you let him out. Although, even though you play as Luigi, I Mm -hmm. did not really have the, I did not feel like I was, I I felt like I was playing Mario in a green suit just because he looks exactly like Mario just with green. He looks like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the the Wikipedia page here. It's amazing this this game came out for Nintendo and Super Nintendo at the exact same time. Yeah. Um second quarter 1993 and it's just yeah. it's interesting that anything was being released for NES. Yeah. In 1993. Yeah, I guess that happens with almost every system when they when a company releases the new one, they're like, don't worry. We know all of you still have the old system and we're going to keep making games for it. And mm-hmm. then it kind of ends up, you know, just fizzling out. Um, but yeah, that was, that was especially a big deal. Like, cause it was like, you know, all the parents wonder, like, is this new machine going to play the games on the old machine? And, you know, and of course it doesn't. Right. But I can see a, a parent in the nineties being like, how many things, these things do I have to keep buying? Right. And I'm sure a parent was like, oh, honey, we don't need to get you the Super Nintendo. Look, here's a new NES game that just came out, and it's a Mario game. It's so. a Mario game. <laughs> so you're going you're gonna to love this. <laughs> Imagine the kid. I'm sure that happened. Absolutely. That absolutely happened with this game for yeah. a whole bunch of kids. And imagine 
their disappointment. It's the, the like some kid who like really wants to play like Super Mario World. Yeah. Really wants that Super Nintendo. And their parents get them this. And I just can't imagine the crushing disappointment. <laughs> Truly Mario is missing. Yeah. In, in that child's heart. <laughs> yeah, it was this this I can I can definitely say that in in less than an hour of gameplay, I was I was crushingly bored after <laughs> after less than twenty minutes, well, and I just like kept at it to see like if it would change. And yeah. by the time I was like at the second or third uh, city, I was like, "This is exactly the same." Yeah, there's like, no nothing escalation in difficulty at all. No, it's just it's yeah. all just parallel. Like you move on to the next city, but it's it's exactly the same. It's the same kind of yeah. puzzle. It's just the location change. The music changes a little bit. Oh, that's true. I got to like, I got to what I assumed was like China or something. And like the uh-huh. music was like, felt like a little racist. You know? Ah, that does not surprise me. <laughs> and I was like, all right, this is, I don't know if this is like Tokyo or, or mm. I'm in like Beijing or something, but like, it's very clear <laughs> that like they're going for like the, um, a lot of parallel fourths. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, it's funny. I remember the the music was challenging for me because um, well, when you're in the castle, it's kind of like an adaptation of that the castle music from Super Mario World. Bum 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 bum. But uh, very stripped down, and it sounds like the two different parts you're playing are in different keys. It's almost like they just dragged a MIDI file onto uh-huh. the wrong instrument or something. I'd have to go back and listen. I have to say, like, none of it, none of the music stuck with me in any way. Yeah. I do remember the the menu the menu music sounds kind of like Family Guy. Really? Oh, <laughs> I have like, to go back and... da, 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 da. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. I do remember that. And if you listen long enough, I, I feel like the there's a percussion track, and it kind of gets out of sync with the rest of the music. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really challenging. <laughs> says here the composer is someone named Rob Wallace. Rob Wallace. Yeah. So well, that's... Rob Wallace, if you're listening, give us a, send us an email. Let, let us know your experience. Yeah, and I, and I, I apologize for calling your music nondescript or whatever <laughs> it is that I said. Just kind of out of curiosity. I'm, I'm Googling Rob Wallace, video game composer, see if anything comes up. Uh, oh, let's see. Rob Wallace, an American musician who's been composing music professionally for numerous years. Music can be heard in many types of media, including television, film, video games. Has also produced 12 professional studio albums with his trio. The, the Rob Wallace Five. After seven years of doing music for games, he moved to Grand Junction, Colorado because of kidney failures. Oh, I'm sorry, oh. Rob. And he founded Lazy Cats Records. He no longer works on video game music, but still composes. Okay. Hey, we learned something about Rob Wallace today. Well, listen, Rob, you know, it's, you know, programming music on the NES was tough from what I understand. It's true. It's true. And if you're not, you know, in Japan under the tutelage of Koji Kondo himself, really, what what is there to say? Right. We're all just living in in his shadow. We are all living in his shadow. (laughs) I would love to write the, you know, anything anything that good uh so uh if if we if you had to rate this game eli 
Mm. Why would you rate it? What's our what's our scale? Uh, like I thought you know, ten. You can do whatever. Ten out of like ten, one out of ten Mario's or <laughs> um, <laughs> three out of three missings. Um, <laughs> well, you know, let's see. I loved this uh, pasta line so many. I like pasta all the time. Chow, baby, I'll be fine. So maybe I'm gonna give this game was not as bad as I thought, even though it's very repetitive and boring. I'm gonna mm-hmm. give it. Um, Three out of ten linguinis. Three out of ten linguinis. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it two out of ten. Two out of ten globulators. Because <laughs> we didn't even talk about the fact that uh, <laughs> the map of the world is called the globulator or globulator. Yeah. I guess is it the globulator. Well, I think it. I think when you say the word globular. Like it refers to circular objects and not globular. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I'm okay with sticking with globular or globulator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, three out of ten, two out of ten. Mario's yeah, missing. Works. So now we come to the moment of truth. What makes this game sing? So yeah, we we haven't even talked about this aspect of the podcast. We just kind of gonna jump into it yeah yeah the the main uh thrust the the hook of this podcast is uh us finding a uh, a song moment or some sort of, some sort of musical something or other from this game um that we're gonna write a song about and yep. uh produce a, a quick and dirty demo throughout the end of the podcast something something that can easily be played on kiss kiss fm <laughs> Serious XM hits one. Uh, cassette. Cassette. A single. A single. Seven inch. Yep. Any of that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, so what? So is it uh, Luigi pining for his brother? Is it Mario, like, in his cage? Uh, is Mario, I don't know, kind of thrilled to be out of the spotlight? Mm-hmm. Is he kind of taking this as a sabbatical? Right. These are all excellent questions. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like it could have kind of a where in the world is Carmen San Diego vibe. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Written by J- uh, David Yazbek. Yeah, I know. I was going to yeah. say, like, musical. Excellent song. Musical theater legend. Yeah. That guy's, that guy's the best. Yeah. David, if you're a fan of the podcast, let us know. We'll have you on. <laughs> <laughs> I, do love, I do love that guy. Yeah. He writes some good songs, that guy. Yeah, my first real like gig was the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels tour. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Keys with 2. A, with our mutual friend Jeff Roberts, I believe. Oh, yeah. Excellent drummer. Uh, also featured on uh, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. That's right. He he plays some seriously great grooves on that. Yeah. Um, so where in the world is, is Mario? Yeah. And listeners, uh, that is Eli on the keys, on the soft, soft keys. Um, Got a kind of a nice Rhodes feel going here. Yeah. And I've got a guitar on me if I need it. Mario is missing. <laughs> Mario is missing. Uh, Mario was missing. Mm-hmm. 
It's hanging out on the docks at night. Everybody knows it ain't right, but Mario is a sin. I like that a lot. It's hanging out at the docks at night, and everybody knows that it just ain't right. Mario, what you doing tonight? Mario, it just ain't right. Ma, Luigi and Yoshi are coming for you, and then when they going to do it and do it. <laughs> Luigi and Yoshi are looking for you everywhere. Oh, yeah. What, where you going to? Mario, we miss you so. <laughs> Mario, you gotta know, I don't know, come on home, <laughs> the Koopa King, he's got you around his finger, <laughs> and please, please, please don't linger, linger. there you go, yeah. linger, finger and linger. Yeah. You're the song and I'm the singer. Yeah. Mario. Mario was missing, pissing up a rope. (laughs) 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 Giving me the hope that I deserve. (laughs) The Koopas came with the big brown sacks. Tell my bro when I gotta go get him back. Need a hero, it's me. Your, your friendly neighborhood, Luigi. Mario, where are you? I don't know where you are. Traveling the globe with my friend Globulate. Globulatar. Hopping, hopping in the Globulator with my friend. Hopping on Yoshi, looking for you everywhere I see. Yoshi and me. Where could you be? Where has Bowser taken you? I won't, I haven't forsaken you. Oh, my brother Mario. Mario is missing. Mario is missing. I actually like that thing when you said he's taking out the docks at night. Hanging out on the docks at night And everybody knows that it just ain't right Mario is missing Tonight If Bowser's got you, you know I'm gonna put up a fight (laughs) Sure You know I'm gonna put up a fight I said I'm gonna put up a fight, motherfucker You know I'm gonna put up a fight You know I'm gonna fight for you, my brother Oh, sweet brother You know I'm gonna put up a fight you know I'm gonna put up a fight, sweet mama. You know I'm gonna put up a fight, sweet brother. You know I'm gonna put up a fight. Yeah. What what if it like transforms? You know I'm gonna put up a fight by answering questions about the world. Oh, that's good. I'm gonna go around the world Questions about the world 
Questions about the world as I travel around the world, my brother. Oh, that's good. Questions about King Kong and Apple Pie. You don't have to wonder why I love you. I really love you, I love you, a brother of mine, <laughs> and we're gonna be fine. Well, key change. Mario. Mario is missing. All right. Well, is that a thing? I think so. Okay. I can work with that. Mario is missing. Mario is missing. He's been hanging out in the docks at night. But everybody knows it just ain't right. Don't know. It just ain't right. Mario is missing. Mario is missing. If Bowser's got you, you know I'm gonna put up a fight. You know I'm gonna put up a fight. You know I'm gonna put up a fight. Answering questions about the world as a first episode of bit parade thank you so much for listening yeah i was really happy with how that turned out how about you uh yeah i i'm really happy with how that turned out too and we hope that uh all uh however many of you are, are listening out there please uh like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to uh apple podcasts overcast um stitcher that's St- the other one stitcher yeah all the all those platforms out there uh, please uh, like, give us a five-star review, tell your friends, uh, share it. Um, yeah, especially for new podcasts, it's so important to like share it and uh, to write a review. It, re- it can really help us out and yeah. grow our audience and our fan base. Yeah, we like that. We'd like to have a fan base. That sounds like a really nice idea, doesn't it? Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, too, and be our fan at, uh, at BitParadePod. And uh, Instagram. 
yeah, we're gonna, you know, it's, it's a little a little bare bones right now, but we're gonna start providing you with the uh, the hot hot content that you have come to expect and deserve. Yeah, uh, on on both Instagram and Twitter, and as we uh, keep making episodes, we'll uh, keep making stuff to put hot, <laughs> hot content, hot tent, hot tent, right. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, if you have any questions or suggestions, email us at bitparadepod at gmail.com. Yeah, if you have any uh, games you'd like us to experience or that you want to hear us cover yeah. on the show, uh, we would love to hear your ideas and uh, get any feedback. Well, I guess that's going to do it for this episode of Bit Parade with Mike Petra and Eli Bolin. We'll see you again in two weeks when we tackle Marble Madness for the nes very excited for that that's a game that uh i grew up with and i think you did too right yeah yeah never owned it just rented it oh yeah back when rented it multiple times rented games from your your blockbusters and hollywood videos and whatnot anyway i just want to say that we love you we really do we love you and i know we're We're gonna gonna be be fine fine. peace (laughs) 